A well-conducted inquiry, whatever be the outcome of it, is an asset to the employer. Hello, hello, dear viewers and listeners of Voice the Sasha Poshcast, your go-to podcast for all things posh. After a brief hiatus, we are back with a brand new episode for you. How have you been? I hope I find you in the best of health and circumstances. I am your host, Shweta Bhatt. And in this episode, we talk about guidelines to expedite the inquiry process for redressing sexual harassment complaints at workplaces. And to share her expertise on the topic, we have with us advocate, posh consultant, workplace investigator and Sasha team member Srividya Vat. Srividya is the only Indian to hold the certificate from the AWI, which is the Association of Workplace Investigators, which is considered the gold standard for workplace investigators the world over. I'm very excited for this episode. So without further ado, let's jump in. Hello. I often get asked this question as to how to expedite inquiries. I also get suggestions like uh, can you cut short on timelines so i have a different approach to this issue altogether so there are some pointers which you can keep in mind and work towards whereby you can ensure that you have a expedited inquiry no time wasted and a thorough inquiry so first and foremost have a posh process that is specifically made for your kind of business you could be in the retail industry it could be it sector hospitality healthcare education different business requires different approach in terms of posh process that is the first thing to be kept in mind the second thing to note is to have an awareness process which is very robust and understood by the employees what i have understood from the various awareness programs employees prefer to get uh, inputs as to what is expected out of them what they need to be mindful of what they need to actually do in order to create a safe work environment so give practical aspects the next thing is to understand whether the employees have actually understood what they are supposed to understand from the awareness sessions it is by creating some interesting checkpoints it could be quizzes it could be creative uh, participation in some contest whereby you test their knowledge it's like a fire drill needless to say policy should be simple and it should be understood and it should be accessible all employees should be able to understand where it is and be able to guide another person if required all stakeholders have a thorough understanding of how the process works who are the uh, key participants any changes also should be understood by these stakeholders sop definitely helps standard operating procedures helps to uh, give again practical uh, application to your policy first responders are another set of people who require specific training 
first responders are the ones who are most likely to receive a complaint of sexual harassment it could be hr it could be ic members it could even be managers and team leads so they should know how to respond to the complaints what to what information to seek for and what not to ask where to direct them so this should be uh, made clear through specific awareness session for first responders complainant and respondent are much more comfortable when they have clarity as to what the committee is doing what the committee is expected to do and when they can see a closure in their matter pay attention to the law and validate the process periodically also make sure that your posh policy is up to date with all the changes that has happened in the law as well so this is a continuous and ongoing process have a documentation protocol that works for you. how do you record are you going to record if you are recording how you are going to share it to the participants how you are going to store it who is going to make all the uh, necessary documentation who is going to draft their report uh, is there a template if so where are the templates all these should be part of the documentation protocol and it should be revised periodically analysis is the heart of the inquiry please keep ample time for any kind of analysis that you need to do in terms of uh, coming to a reasonable findings it should never be done in a hurry so this should be factored in even before you conduct an inquiry there you go if you do all these in advance and take the inquiry through a clearly charted process with the plan then i can assure you that you have a much expedited inquiry process already and you can guarantee that it will make sure your inquiry is thorough and justice is delivered without any delay thank you thank you so much uh, shri vidya for coming on over here and uh, you know agreeing to talk with us about this topic very important topic on how to expedite the inquiry process and how to conduct an efficient inquiry process that is fair on all parties concerned so uh, i'll begin we've received a host of questions from the team and i'll begin with the very first uh, question uh, which is the question of why expedite what are the benefits of expediting the inquiry process thank you shweta uh, thank you for having me on sasha podcast um, very happy to uh, answer these questions on the topic of uh, speedy inquiry and expediting the inquiry process so i i always uh, find that as an external member i see inquiries always begin with a bang and um, there is a flurry of activities flurry of emails going up and down as to how to uh, do the uh, meeting with the complainant how to receive the complaint then how to issue notice to the respondent and this after this first set of meetings then there is a lull in the process of what sort of documentation should be adopted and how this documentation should be verified with both sides what to do about missing evidences should we examine witnesses or not then comes the interim relief uh, how it should be granted should we change it so all these questions come and uh, there is an undue delay which drags uh, the entire process to a considerable length of time 
So sometimes, uh, although the process is given 90 days of time, many times I do find that uh, it extends beyond that as well. So there is a new set of evidences that come in. So how do we uh, provide for all these and uh, do an thorough inquiry within the given time that is uh, allowed to, her, to us? So the benefit is definitely timely redressal. As you have heard, uh, justice delayed is justice denied. So it, it always ensures to have the trust in the process when you actually do it in a timely manner. And uh, obviously both the participants, complainant and respondents, including the IC members, every stakeholder will find it uh, much comfortable to have a process that is uh, closed on time or even before time. That is great. Justice delayed and is justice denied is so apt. And that is the whole point of the Posh Act, isn't it? Uh, I always tell my, you know, when I conduct employee sessions and IC sessions, I tell uh, the attendees that the 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 reason or the rationale behind the 90 day the 90 day limit is that swift redressal is done, which I think the other option uh, that is to go to uh, you know the legal option, go to the police, mm -hmm. uh, takes usually takes a very long time. I find that internally uh, there are a lot of things which we can manage mm -hmm. so that the uh, inquiry time is not unnecessarily delayed. Already we have certain timeline that we mandatorily have to keep up with. However, there are certain things if we plan for it ahead of time, even before the commencement of inquiry, we can make sure that unnecessarily time is not wasted. When it comes to expediting the process, what kind of challenges do you see uh, coming up? So I see challenges at every stage, <clears throat> to be honest, right from the receipt of complaint as to who should hear, who should be the first uh, person to receive the complaint. Is it HR? Is it the IC? Uh, or is it the manager? Or is it the colleague with whom the person is uh, uh, confiding about the issue? So where, where it starts uh, and how that person should respond? Will that response have an impact on the uh, future investigation if there is a formal inquiry that is happening? So challenges are right from the beginning till the recommendation stage or even implementing uh, the recommendation stage. If the complainant um, does not know whom to approach, there is a delay in raising the concern. If the person who is receiving the complaint does not know how to process this information or is unable to give the correct guidance to the complainant, there is again a delay. When, the, when it comes to the IC, we do not know which IC members should sit for the inquiry, who are available, who, who, which IC member is trained and capable of handling the situation. Uh, is there any conflict of interest? All these, if we are not aware of, again, there is a delay. What interim relief should be given? Will it uh, conflict with the business requirements? Uh, should the manager be involved? All these again and again, every st single stage, uh, we can 
face impediments and which we can avoid if we plan ahead. Uh, that's a very interesting point, Srividya. Can you elaborate on what do you mean by planning ahead in an inquiry? Uh, certainly, Shweta. So, planning ahead for an inquiry commences even before the inquiry. It, planning for an inquiry starts at the stage where you finalize your policy. So, right from the policy initiation, from the way, way you select the IC members and set up your committee and train your committee, your planning starts there. So, it, it is also part of planning to have a robust awareness program rolled out for all the employees, a separate awareness program rolled out for the HR and the managers uh, who can be first in line to receive any sort of complaint. So when, when we address the uh, awareness program for managers and HR, when we specifically tell them how to respond to uh, uh, when they are receiving a particular complaint as to what they should uh, tell the complainant, how they should document it, how they should communicate, how and when they should communicate to the internal committee. And uh, it, the planning for inquiry starts right from there. So there is a lot of work which we can do even before a complaint arrives before an internal committee. So we can prepare ahead committee members as to making them aware that they might be called for an inquiry at any time. So this is a responsibility that an IC member should be very much aware of and is willing to participate. So that uh, any inquiry comes, there is no undue delay in deciding which member is going to sit in which inquiry. We should put up a separate action plan for each and every redressal process. What are the issues at hand? What are we going to address? What type of evidences are we going to need to address this? Will there be any requirement for witnesses? What are the options for conciliation? This should be planned even before we meet the complainant. If we have this in, with us, then we will be able to ask the right questions to the complainant. So do that uh, preparing for the interview or planning ahead for the entire investigation at the receipt of the complaint. So again, how, how is it possible if we get the right information from the first responder? The first responder should be able to take in all the relevant information which will be passed on to the IC, which will enable the IC to plan the inquiry in a better fashion. So as I said, the planning for en uh, inquiries start at the policy stage, at the awareness stage. Coming to the next few questions, these are some very common questions that IC members ask about, you know, when it comes to expediting the process and conducting an efficient inquiry, there are some logistical questions and some procedure-based questions that come up. For example, one of the very common questions is, you know, if uh, uh, the law says that the respondent is allowed 10 days to respond to the allegations, but the question that comes up often is that if in the meeting with the respondent, if the respondent sort of gives a response then and there and the committee records it, do we still need to give 
uh, them 10 days to further respond? Do we still need to wait around for 10 days? How do we handle that? Yes, uh, the respondent need to be given 10 days time. I'll uh, explain why this is necessary. Because the entire inquiry process is guided by the principles of natural justice. Principles of natural justice uh, demands that we give ample time for all the participants to submit their uh, side of story. So when the law says uh, allow respondent 10 days time, it is mandatory that we go by that law and we allow that time for the respondent. Respondent might have submitted uh, his or her response uh, to the internal committee, but then again, if they go back, see the complaint at leisure, their response, there could be some additions, there could be some uh, substantiations, which they should be given rightfully. It's their time to think, reflect and come back to the committee. So uh, IC members often ask, uh, how much time should the IC quorum give uh, parties to you know, get back to confirm their statements or to uh, send their responses or to send their cross-examination questions or even respond to the findings report. Uh, how much time would be probably the most efficient time uh, beyond which we can then go forward? Uh, how much time is too less time and not fair on the parties? What do you have to say on this? So typically the ideal uh, time prescribed for uh, verification of documents and asking questions on it is two working days. So if we give any less time, that is not considered fair. So we can extend the time depending upon the volume of the content, the nature of uh, evidences that needs to be um, listened to. So uh, it is best to uh, give a time of uh, three to four days uh, to respond on um, on documents which are larger, up to uh, one week is uh, something which the IC can consider depending upon the volume and content of the uh, and nature of the data that needs to be verified. But no less than uh, at least two working days should be given. Okay, okay. Uh, that's quite interesting and. Uh, as you are saying this, I'm also reminded about the very simple fact that I think gets overlooked that all of these, you know, complainant, respondent, witnesses, even IC members are all employees in the sense that they have other things going on in their day-to-day -day working life and they have to make time uh, for, uh, you know, responding to statements and coming up with questions. So it's only fair to give them, as you said, two working days. Yes, okay. most certainly, most certainly. And they, okay. they cannot re just respond on that. This is something they are actually uh, contesting. They are, uh, want to make statement. They need time to think through it as well. It's just not about passively listening it. Workplace investigations and domestic inquiries follow a certain timeline. Uh, posh uh, sexual harassment complaints uh, inquiries follow a certain timeline as mandated by the act and the policy. What other similarities and differences uh, do you that you have noticed among these two? Uh, primarily because you've also, uh, you know, you also have expertise in conducting workplace investigations. Uh, 
with regard to timelines i find workplace investigations get, getting uh, closed much swifter typically it depends on how the company's uh, uh, code of conduct and ethics policy has formulated the uh, timeline for a particular uh, internal investigation so most often um, it gets completed within a time period of 30 days many a times it will be conducted by a single investigator or uh, if it is a committee uh, that committee also has a lot of flexibility uh, compared to a sexual harassment investigation most often we do a preliminary investigation before issuing a charge sheet so um, the investigator uh, or the committee will be privy of certain things or they might have already uh, conducted a first level of interview of the witnesses before uh, actually um, deciding to uh, issue a charge sheet so many a times we find that that expedites the process uh, a lot faster than the sexual harassment uh, investigation where the actual investigation begins only after the respondent submits the uh, response to the complainant however in workplace investigation we prefer to speak to the respondent uh, as a last person uh, who you will interview so uh, there is a lot of difference in the way it is handled typically a workplace investigation should not take more than 30 days that's very interesting so shrividya in closing is there anything that you would like to tell us in closure uh, i think expediting an uh, enquiry process does not mean cutting on uh, the necessary timelines that are allowed to us but it means is to have a planned structure for your enquiry so that there is no scramble there is no uh, ambiguity in terms of what happens next uh, or uh, when a particular circumstances arises they are not at crossroads as to what to do so that kind of enabling should happen at the back end so that enquiries do not face undue delay so in the end a well uh, conducted enquiry whatever be the outcome is an asset to the employer that's great thank you so much vidya this has been a very uh, enlightening conversation and we have learned a lot about uh, the process itself and things that we can do small things that we can do to make it more efficient and yeah i've enjoyed this conversation a lot so thank you so much thank you shweta and that was the episode dear viewers and listeners how did you like it what questions are you left with what insights do you have on this topic do write to us at voice@sashaindia.com we would love to hear from you do also follow us on social media and subscribe to our monthly newsletter voice if you want to know more about topics like this until next month when we are back here again with yet another topic in the vast ocean of posh this is your host shweta bhat signing off stay healthy stay safe stay indoors and remember together we can prevent protect and progress